0: Welcome to another episode of the Amford Church Sermon Podcast. We're thrilled that you're taking the time to listen to what we have to say about God, the world, and you. These sermons are recorded live during our weekly Sunday morning services. To find out more about us or to plan a visit to join us, check out our website, amfordchurch.com. Again, thanks for listening and enjoy.
1: This is God's world, that and we have made rather a mess of it, but God has sent Jesus to deal with a mess in our lives and in this world. Why is there so much hurt? And what is our responsibility in the present to live as God's people in this messy world? And what about that hurt? As you can see, is this as good as it gets? This is what Grandpa Joe is asking What about the bad things, the pain of illness, the hate crimes, the problems we face, the ups and downs? Is there ever going to be an end to all of this? Is this really as good as it gets in God's created, but fallen world? Grandpa Joe and the rest of you who heard, uh, you heard Sam say about the world that God had created. And that that was a perfect world with no problems, no hard work, no weeds in the garden, no lawns to cut, but our first parents, Adam and Eve, spoiled that, and people like us have continued with that spoiling ever since. But you know, as that last verse of that hymn reminds us, God's plan. Is for restoration that is why jesus came to make things better to repair damage and and it's a big and there's a glorious day in the future when that restoration will be complete final perfect this is god's promise to his people and not just at the end of the bible in revelation But throughout the Bible, some 750 years before Jesus, Isaiah quoted God saying, and you can see the words there, see, said God, I will create a new heaven and a new earth. The former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. That time is coming when all hurt will be banished. And we'll come to that at the end, this huge restorative final plan of God. But believe it or not, he does have a plan in the here and now to involve Christ's followers, people like you and I, in that work of restoration. That great time when pain will be no more should encourage us, should spur us on to see what our path is now, in the lives of our community and those around us and beyond to make little works of restoration. If you've uh, got a young family or uh, nine grandchildren, you know how frenetic Christmas can be. You know it's coming. There's the certainty of that day when the presents will be opened. The new toys are, 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 are played with. The food for the reindeer has been eaten. Although there's still half a mince pie left because Sean and Santa Claus, couldn't eat any more mince pies. Um, it has arrived after weeks of looking forward and preparing. And how you prepared. I'm actually, if you ask my wife, if you ask Leslie, I'm not very good at preparing for Christmas. But the kids have nagged. They've nagged you to get the decorations out, to dust down the tree. You've been in every shop in town and other towns looking for spare bulbs. You've repaired the lights, buying presents, shopping, so on and so on. Why all the preparation? Well, Christmas day is going to come. It hasn't arrived at the end of September, but you know that the shops will be lit up already. Everyone is doing their bit. There's work to be done in view of and because of the day itself. Now, that's a poor example, but it's a little bit like this with looking to that perfect, glorious day when total restoration is coming. Because we and this is the emphasis of the Bible in many places, we are here now to do our restoration bits. They won't be perfect. We'll get things wrong, but we are to show by our lives, by our words, by our deeds, that we are in a restorative mode. We are in the life of making things better, of showing the love of God to Jesus In Jesus, to others. So before we come to that glorious day, and we will come to it, that day of total restoration and being able to tell Grandpa Joe that all hurt will disappear then, before we come to that, let's spend a little time thinking of our lives here and now. Who are we? Who are we? Christians are known by many different names. Believers is one, and Christians is an umbrella term. I've come to love one that we tend to use in this church Christ followers. It comes up in our church motto, doesn't it? Okay, what's the church motto? There was a lone voice down here in the front. The rest of you, nobody else knows. Just honor. Making and maturing Christ followers. You see, when Jesus met his first disciples for the first time, so many areas, aren't there? So many areas of need and hurt. There are so many individuals around us who who've lost hope, who are struggling in a myriad different ways. There are letters on the information desk concerning the food bank, take one, read it. Many of you have already help with the food bank by giving, serving, sharing, and doing so as Christ followers on a regular basis. But there's a need, as you probably know, of more giving because the needs in our community are on the increase. And food stocks are getting lower and lower. That's one practical example or getting alongside that mother who is struggling with a young family on her own and could do with some help here's another one helping out in in sunday school we haven't got sunday school uh, this month but sometimes in sunday school we can't do here as much as we want to do because our volunteer base isn't quite big enough a few volunteers did you know this a few volunteers Miss out on Sunday morning worship more often than they should, really, because perhaps there are others who haven't volunteered to do a little bit more. Should we consider lessening the hurt and sharing the burden? Talk to someone involved with Sunday school how about how you could help and then treating our homes less as if they were our castles and more like coffee shops where we can chat and that's not just because i like coffee where we can chat and share the love of jesus in an informal capacity is your home just for you or is it at times an open house for others is there a phrase? An Englishman's home is his castle. Well, a Welshman's home should be an open house. What else? I'm trying to think of practical ideas because we're not all born in the same way. Baking cakes for torch or coffee cake and company or taking a meal to someone who is struggling with illness. Many of you do it. But I'm sure we could do with more. And then, I still remember Wynne's sermon earlier this year when he talked about money. Did it hit you there? You know? And there, perhaps. And there. Using our money and our giftings for others generally. You know, when Christians, when Christ followers talk about money, we glibly say, oh, yes, God owns everything. God owns everything. Everything I have. And then we ask, how much should I give to God? (laughs) There's a paradox. There's there's something that's not right there. How much should I give to God? And he owns everything. If he really does own and give us everything, shouldn't we be asking, how much should I keep? How much do I really need? Have you signed up, if you're able to, through stewardship and gift aid, if your tax status allows it? It's a no brainer, the government, the government instead of spending money on some of the things they spend it on that we don't want them to, will will give the money to good things, to the work of this church. It's a no brainer and it means more for the Lord's work. If you haven't signed up for that and are able to do it, why not? And then simply last of all, changing our priorities Seek the Lord, says Psalm 105. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. Seek his face always. Perhaps less seeking faces on Facebook and seeking his face, perhaps a little bit more. In prayer, in worship, I'm not preaching at you. I'm preaching to myself. I'm preaching to myself. There are regular prayer meetings on Fridays and Saturday mornings. There are rooted groups which meet during third time every every week. Are you there? Do you know there's more, more than many things we can do. Jesus loves and still loves the unlovely. I tend to love the ones that are easy to love. That is not the life of a changed priority person. One very popular Welsh hymn says, Oh, that I would be living more a life of my life like Jesus. As Christ followers, we are called to mimic his priorities we are called to believe in him in the need for forgiveness as we repent of our wrongs but we are also called to restoration work apparently do do any of you watch those and like those programs about restoring houses and buildings uh, they're very, yeah there we are they're very popular apparently i don't like that sorry <laughs> I really don't like them. I think, one, I think they're boring. And two, I can't do anything as a DIY man. Okay, I can't do anything at all. So they really don't don't interest me. But as well as those, we are called to real restoration because we are restoring a kingdom, building a kingdom, not simply restoring a house. Look at these verses from John This verse, rather, from John 14. John 14, verse 12. These are the words of Jesus. And he says, The person who trusts me will not only do what I'm doing, but even greater things. I haven't got time to go into that this morning, because I, on my way to the Father, am giving you the same work to do that I've been doing. You can count on it, says the message. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And you see, these works of restoration, lessening the hurt, is all for Christ followers. Not special ones, it's for all Christ followers. It's for everyone who trusts Jesus. This should be the norm, the norm for us. As Paul reiterates to the Ephesian Christians, we, Christ followers, are created in Christ Jesus to do good works. But if I said the um, an and earlier on was important, there's a big but here. There's a health warning. Okay? There's a health. I don't know you all this morning, um, thankfully, and some of you are saying that you don't know me either. And you may be glad about as well. But still, but there is a health warning here because I want to ask you, are you, am I a Christ follower? It's not doing good works, helping out, volunteering and so on, that makes you a Christ follower. It's beginning a relationship with Jesus himself. It's meeting Jesus. It's hearing what he is saying. This is the first essential. This really means confronting realising our own individual wrongs and failures and asking for forgiveness. Come to me. During the past week uh, in Aberystwyth, uh, there was one uh, speaker, one young man, uh, uh, one evening who preached just on those three words. If you had five minutes to tell someone what this gospel, what this good news is all about, what would you tell them? And he said, I would use three words. The words of Jesus, come to me. Have you? Have I? It's a coming to Jesus and following him. Has this happened to you? On the information desk over there, There are a few free magazines. They're in Welsh, but for the benefit of those whose education hasn't stretched that far yet, they're in English as well. Right? They're bilingual magazines. If you're not quite sure of whether you've met this Jesus in this way and that he has forgiven you, do take one of those. They've been distributed. Thousands of them have been distributed this summer. There are a few left. Take one of those, take it home with you, read it, and think upon it. But if you are a Christ follower, you will, like all Christ followers, be part of his work. These works of love. They will not obliterate the hurt. But Grandpa Joe's, Grandpa Joes and all your other mamgees at fathers, mothers, children, grandchildren, this lessening of the hurt, this doing the work of Jesus is a sign that there's a glorious day coming of total restoration. I remind you again of that verse in Ephesians. We, Christ followers, are created in Jesus to do Good works. But as we have said from the beginning today, there is to be a perfect restoration. Jesus himself said this. He called it the renewal of all things. This world renewed will be our eventual home. And let's have a look at these verses from... Revelation chapter 21. And there we read, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Remember Isaiah 750 years before Jesus came? Exactly the same words. Then I saw, this is John talking, and he's having this vision from Jesus. I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. Remember that perfect world at the very beginning when God dwelt with his people, with Adam and Eve? Well, there's a time coming that's going to be even more glorious. They will be his people. And God Himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be. There will be, no more death, or mourning, or crying, or pain. For the old order of things, what used to be, has passed away, gone forever. One of uh, one of our grandchildren is, is five. Going on 50 sometimes, I think. But he's five. Doesn't speak much English at all. They don't in North Wales. And um, he's learned a new phrase. And he uses it all the time in all sorts of circumstances. End of. (laughs) End of. There's going to be a tremendous end of. An end of pain. An end of suffering. An end of tears. Can you imagine it? It, it, it? It's almost unbelievable. But it's true. You see, heaven, in a sense, is not your final home when you go from here. Your final home will be here on earth, in this new earth, in a new heaven. And God, his Christ, our Savior, the Lamb upon the throne, will be there making everything perfect. End of all these. End of all these other things. Oh, as Christ followers, let's rejoice. Now, in the certain hope of that day of total restoration. There are many people in this congregation hurting today. Some of you are ill. Some of you have loved ones who are very ill. We all have. People close to us. People that we're praying for. People that we know unless God steps in in a miraculous way, and he can do that. But unless that happens, they will before for very long be going from this world. If they are Christ followers, there will be joy there will be no pain. There will be no tears. But in the meantime, we w- who are here as Christ followers, make sure where you are. Remember that little magazine if you're unsure. Take that with you or come and talk to myself or any of us here in the church. We'd love you to be a follower of Jesus. We prayed that Dewi, that Dewi will grow up to be a follower of Jesus. Why do we pray that? Because that's more important. It's fabulous. It's great. It's better than anything else. And it's essential to be with him in that great restoration day of all, of all things. And so, let's praise him. Let's follow him. Let's do his good works as we share Jesus with others this week.
0: We hope that you found today's message useful and challenging. And we want to take a moment to offer you some next steps that you can take right now. Why not get in touch with us via email at contact at if you have any follow-up questions or things that you'd like to discuss. If you want to know more about what's going on at Amford Church, make sure to like us on Facebook. And lastly, check out our YouTube channel for video teaching in addition to our sermon podcasts. Thanks for listening.